Welcome into the Snapped Podcast, my personal audio journal. My name is Tyler Kluver. I'm a personal trainer and podcaster, but it gets a little bit deeper than that. And this show is going to give you an inside look on my thoughts concerning health and fitness, business, mindset, and creating the life that you feel lucky to live. I hope you enjoy the show. Sit back, relax, and let's have a day. Sad one, huh? We're back again for a uh, for another podcast. That intro is just not good. It's not a good intro. Cuts off too early. I come in like I'm some fucking motivational speaker at a conference. Welcome in to the Snap Podcast. The fuck is that? I want it to sound so good when I record it. Like, oh, this is going to be what it opens every podcast. But then it just turns into some bullshit. Anyway, um, that reminds me of the TikToks of the guy that goes, oh, what, what oh, fucking hell, I forget. Oh, <laughs> he says like so some, some weird video will pop off and then he pops in and he goes, listen, did you know? And then he gives some random fact that has nothing to do with it. It's a really good TikTok account. I don't know what the name is, but you guys should look into it. So listen. Did you guys know that every decision you make is either helping or hurting you on your path to success and your goals? And if not, welcome into the podcast. That's what we're going to talk about today. It's going to be great. Um, this is relevant to, to me specifically, obviously, because this is my podcast and why would I not talk about something that's relevant? But... It's something that was brought to light in uh, mental organizational prep for the next 11 months. Call it, well, let's hopefully call it um, 13 or 14 months. And that is that in my um, semi-pro athletic career here in the form and sport of CrossFit. Um, you are trying to basically maximize human performance, right? Which is different than other sports, but, but they relate. I'll take this back to, so I, I'm going to take it back to when I played sports in college. And then I'll relate it to now and how it relates to CrossFit. And then I'll, and then I'll relate it to you guys. See if we can't create that storyline. So we read a book and I'm sure we've talked about other principles from this book called the slight edge. Um, we read it in college as a team. It's a bunch of very, very, very oversimplified stories about how um, very small, simple principles can guide you toward success. One of those principles was sort sort of the overarching principle. I mean it is this the it is the title of the book, but the slight edge um 
speaks to this principle that every decision you make only goes in two directions or at least in a, in a net net result it results in two directions of movement the movement of you moving closer to your goals making more money finding more success finding more happiness getting stronger getting uh, bigger getting smaller losing weight fucking getting more flexible becoming a better xyz dad husband brother whatever you want it to be or going the opposite direction of all those the opposite of all those goals becoming worse in your relationships getting less flexible getting more injured losing money failing at business failing in your career failing at whatever it may be and it's this it's sort of this principle that like one decision is going to take you in the right spot, right? Say you make the right choice. You wake up and you eat a good, you know, in in, um, in college, the goal was win football games for our team, right? To win football games all that I myself could control as one of a hundred guys on the team, you know, maybe 40 or 50 guys that are relevant in the game. Um, the only thing I could control was how well I snapped the ball as I was a long snapper and how well I could physically compete on like a punt team, right? Run down, tackle somebody. That was my direct impact on the field. And then I had a few other indirect impacts, like how was I contributing to the team's culture? As I got older, how was I leading the position group, other kickers, snappers, punters? How was I mentoring them and showing them the right way to do things? How was I, as a teammate to everybody and a player to all the coaches and staff? Those are sort of that that's sort of the all-encompassing bubble of everything I could control. To do that to the best of my ability on the physical side of things, I had to give great effort in the weight room, on the conditioning side of uh, training, on the technical side of things. I had to put the time in in the off season snapping the football working with the kickers and punters and holders to get the operation down to make sure that when 70,000 people are watching and another 500,000 at home, a million at home on TV are watching and we're out on the field and it matters that the ball is going to get back to the holder, he's going to be able to put it down, the kicker is going to kick it through the posts. I had to eat right to keep my body weight and my muscles and my uh, physical performance in the right spot to be able to go and compete with the other people that I was competing against. I had to do, luckily for me, a small amount of study work football-wise. What was the other team going to try and do to block kicks? What, was they gonna, what were they going to try and do to return punts on us? Stuff like that. There was a bunch of requirements, right? I could either do those 
and do them all to the best of my ability. Eat the right meals, recover, get enough sleep. You dip into the academic side of things. I had to take care of my grades so that I was eligible to play. To take care of my grades, it means I needed to be going to class, which I didn't do, right? I failed at some of this to, to an extent or was not the best of my ability, which is, which is where this comes into play, why this conversation is important. But I did enough to be successful. But I, did I do enough to be the most successful, right? That question comes into play. Would somehow, some way I be in the NFL still snapping a football today if I would have done enough of these little things better over the course of four, five years? Maybe. There's a chance. And what does it look like when you don't do enough to meet that bare minimum line of of continuing to, to get better and exceed and excel and perform when you're asked to? What if you don't play the role of a good teammate and make conversation and, and friends and learn about your peers and care about them and cheer them on in the weight room and all this stuff? What if you aren't a good teammate? What if you don't go give a good effort in the weight room? What if you don't go and practice your individual position in the off season? What if you aren't eating correctly? Making body weight, able to compete on the field. You're not going to class and you're failing those classes, which is then affecting your eligibility. You're doing stuff outside. You're drinking, partying on the weekend, which is affecting your ability to do the football and school stuff during the week. What does that look like? And to take it to the, the, the two extremes, because there is a lot of people in the middle Right. If you do everything perfectly, what does that look like versus if you do basically everything wrong? Two pretty far extremes, right? On the one hand, you're probably going to get someone who, if they've got the, the, the right amount of luck and natural talent, they're probably going to be an all Big Ten performer, an all conference performer, all American maybe, make the NFL, play in the league, get to play the f- game of football for money. They're going to succeed at a very high level versus a lot of the guys that I came in with, um, not to get too deep into the weeds here, but when I played, when I walked into the University of Iowa and um, I mean, I'll, I'll never forget this day. Um, we're sitting in the Marriott, the Coralville Marriott ballroom where we just ate, uh, we just ate lunch with our families. and. Um, a few of the relevant coaches and staff that were helping the freshmen sort of transfer in and start their time at Iowa. And we were off to day one of football camp, of fall camp in the, in the fall of 2013. What did it look like for the guys who didn't do all the right things. There was 37 of us in that room eating lunch that day who went to practice later that afternoon. 14 of us ran out onto the field 
um, four and a half years later. Less than half. In fact, closer to a third. About 40% of us ran out and made it through. Because the other guys, they just simply, they didn't quite do enough to reach that ultimate goal of making it through a full career. At least in, in the Iowa terms, right? So back then, that's what I was worried about. Now, in the, um, in the sport of CrossFit, in this hobby that is now turned into basically a side uh, pursuit. Again, I'll call it like maybe a semi-pro athlete pursuit of being as fit as I could possibly be. One of the fittest humans on earth when it comes to CrossFit's definition of fitness, which I think is the most complete, all-encompassing definition and probably lays claim to what it claims the fittest on earth. How does making those small decisions in every aspect of the sport and really what it comes down to is every aspect of how you live life. How does that affect what I do today? This is relevant because there are what I would say, well, in, in my estimation, there are probably I'd say there's probably a hundred men, maybe more, who are full-time athletes, full-time CrossFit competitor athletes. Meaning that for whatever reason and however journey they took to got there, whatever journey they took to got there, to get there, Jesus Christ, I can't speak. Um, they have wiggled their way into a spot where for at least this next year, which is the, the only year that's relevant because it's the one I'm trying to make the, the semifinals in, what um, – those 100 guys, maybe 80 to 100 guys, are able to wake up every day and they are a pro athlete. They make money purely off of the fact that they are training and competing in CrossFit. And to some extent, some of them are just popular in the space, so they've been, they've been able to grow like a, you know, a programming business. What, you know. It's work for them. They also do other stuff rather than just train CrossFit. But many of these people have their entire days laid out around, revolved around their training to be a pro athlete. And that does not just include, hey, we're going to the gym for two hours in the morning and three hours in the afternoon. That includes the massage that they get on Thursday afternoon every week the cryotherapy that they do on Tuesdays, the dry needling, the cupping, the Normatec boots that they wear at night, the mobility, the meal plan uh, prep company that sponsors them and gives them every meal to eat in perfect quantities of, of macronutrients, 
the um, sponsorships that they have for training clothes, the sponsorships they have for training equipment, the recovery tools, the stim machines, the rollers, the massage guns, the coaching that they get, personalized one-on-one with them in the gym, or if not with them in the gym, in very close contact every day. Travel expenses paid for. Supplements paid for. Free. Reoccurring every month or even more frequently. Most of which I don't have access to. Right? At least not given to me. I'm most likely not going to have a meal prep company sponsor me and provide free lunches and dinners over the next year. I'm probably not going to find a supplement sponsor, these are some of the big ones, bigger ones I'm talking about, to send me a monthly supply, a supply that I will not run out of, of protein powder and creatine and pre-workout and electrolytes, right? Doesn't have to be crazy, but maybe those three or four. I do not have... uh, uh, an equipment company that sponsors me like Rogue or one of these other ones that sends me the gear I need to fully outfit my garage. I don't have some sponsorship or deal with a local cryotherapy or massage or dry needle or chiropractor where I get free sessions. All of these things are available, but they cost money. There's 120 spots in North America, right? And I'm not saying that just because you have all of these things, that the you know 60 or 80 or 100 guys that have access to a lot of these things for free, which the free component makes it much easier to do consistently to make part of the daily, weekly, monthly routine. I'm not saying that those guys automatically just lock up the spots because they also then have to do, they have to take advantage of those. They have to do it consistently. They have to do the right training and, you know, luck and all of that has to play a role in their journey as well but it tightens the window for a guy like me. It squeezes out all of the guesswork, all of the um, wiggle room for myself, all of the leniency that I could possibly give myself. Meaning every single, oh, did I mention, the, the one big one I forgot to mention was sleep products, right? Supplements for sleep. Um, the, you know, the new cool, like temperature controlled mattresses or mattress covers and units, right? Huge for recovery, energy, getting better. This now means that I, through many of those, have to find a way 
to dabble with each one because they are all important for a reason. They're all part of this ecosystem for a reason, right? I have to find a way to dabble with each one, drop money on products or this, that, the other thing, services, appointments, adjustments, massages, whatever it may be, sparingly in the perfect places. And I need to do that to stay on the same, you know, to, to stay, to keep pace, right? And not only do I have to do that, but I absolutely can't miss. I can't miss. There isn't a day where I can't do body work, meaning I roll out my muscles, I hang upside down and, and um, take some compression off the spine and the joints. I roll my uh, feet on a baseball or a golf ball. I use the massage gun to, to, to be right. Um, I use you know some CBD lidocaine roller and cream uh, to put on sp sore spots to help recovery there. I, I can't miss. I have to do it every day. I can't not stretch during a day, right? Body work and stretching is somewhere between a half hour and an hour, depending on how much you really want to get into it. I have to do it. There isn't a day where we don't get to not do that. Where the other people who have the, all those things at their disposable at their disposal, they might be able to miss a day or two. And know that, well, I've still got all these things at my, in my arsenal. I can kind of catch up. Now, there is no catching up for me. It's keeping up. And those are all decisions to make, right? Yes, some of them involve a financial component, right? If I want to go get a massage or I want to go get a chiropractic adjustment, yes, it takes the money, but most of the stuff like eating right, stretching, foam rolling, massage gun, once you have it, doing the little things, mobility work, going to bed on time, getting good sleep, eating right around your workouts, all of those things, those are decisions that you actively have to make. And there's a million of them. And so one of them doesn't make a huge splash in the bucket, right? But once you start to accumulate drops of water, each one representing one of those micro decisions, oh, I decided to get my breakfast in after the morning session today. I decided, you know, I did a bunch of pull-ups yesterday. I decided to rub some lidocaine on my biceps to help a little bit speed up recovery. I decided to structure this morning's work in a way that will allow me to also complete this afternoon's work. I already did five minutes of foam rolling on my quad this morning. All of these micro mini decisions, they add up. And if you, if you have a X axis that runs from left to right, I guess for those watching, cause I'm mirrored left to right, and you start, and that's a timeline, right? And there's check marks along those timeline that's like one month, two months, three months, four months, six months, a year. The people who make those right decisions and they choose the decisions that are going to further towards their goal, 
they're going to gradually start to see an incline, uh, uh, a, um, a divergence from that midline of let's call it mediocrity, right? Gradually, gradually, gradually. And as you do more and more and you get more consistent, that line gets steeper and it becomes a J curve. It becomes an exponential effect of I've been doing all of the right things every day for so long, such a long amount of time that they're starting to compound and I'm starting to see success at an exponential level versus the person who fades, decides not to do their body work, decides not to eat right, decides to go out on the weekend and drink, decides to skip a workout, and they exponentially go the other way. And now you haven't just diverged from the midline because I'm not, in a way, I am competing against myself, yes, and maybe that's a relevant conversation against this year's performance to next year's performance, but I'm competing against other people. And they're a moving target because they are on that continuum of making those decisions. They're probably not going to make the perfect uh, ratio of decisions that just sort of keeps them in the same spot. They're going to be the same fitness level next year. No, they're going to either be better or worse. So not only do I have to get better than I was this year, but I have to exponentially surpass that to then make ground on all the people that were already better than me and are also getting better over the course of the next year. And the only way you do that is by never letting up, being absolutely relentless in facing micro decisions and choosing the right path. Choosing the choice that sends you in the positive direction towards the ultimate goal, which for me is being as fit as possibly, as fit as I possibly can be as a human being in February slash March of 2023. As strong as I could be, as uh, good at gymnastics and pulling movements and every little thing that goes into CrossFit, as good as car at cardio, as much muscle as I can have, as much output as I can put out. That's my ultimate goal. And I have to use every little thing at my disposal to get there. This is relevant to you in your daily life. Because most of you don't have, in fact, I would argue maybe every single person that listens to this episode you don't give a fuck about being as fit as possible as humanly possible. I haven't even until October of last year, I've never had that goal. There's been other fitness goals or life goals that I've had, right? For me, this is my specific goal, but for you, you have goals or you should, or you at least have some standards of life. And to meet those standards of life, maybe standards at work or keeping a healthy relationship, something that one of those is going to hit with every single one of you out there, it's the same process. You're going to wake up, and from the minute you open your eyes, you're going to be faced with a million decisions that day in succession where you can choose one way that gets you closer to your goal or a different way 
that gets you further away from it. What makes this tricky is that a lot of us have multiple goals, right? I want to be super fit, but I also want to be a great husband. I want to be super fit, but I also want to make a lot of money. That's where it starts to get a little dicey. Because if we're truly giving everything we can to one of those, more than likely, some of them are going to contradict. If I'm truly giving everything I can to being as fit as I possibly could, well, then I wouldn't be doing any work. I would be training like a professional athlete six-ish plus hours a day in the gym, and I would have very, very little time. I, I would then be recovering for two plus hours a day eating probably two plus hours a day and focusing on making meals and food. I wouldn't have a lot of other time for uh, activities in my life that bring me income, right? That's going to hurt my money goals. It's going to maximize my fitness goals, but I might be fucking broke, which is then in turn going to hurt the fitness goals. So you have to find, there is some nuance to this where you have to find the balance, you have to sort of dissect before you even go into making all these decisions each day. You have to sit down and dissect, how do I become the best dad? How do I become the happiest version of myself, the best version of myself, the fittest version of myself? How do I lose the 50 pounds? How do I get the raise at work? How do I squat 400? How do I invest 30K this year? How do I get better at whatever hobby I'm interested in? How do I read a book a month? How do I do this, that, the other thing? And then you have to look at all the ones that you seriously care about. We can only have so many goals and aspirations as one person. And then you ask yourself, how do I, how do I balance these out to where every day I can give just enough to each one of these to meet the standard that I am happy with, that will make me happy, that I feel will be a success for me. And that's a high level. Like we are capable of a lot as humans. So that's going to be a high level. It's going to be hard to match that. Are you getting the most out of yourself is really the end question. Or are you making the decisions along the way? Some are good. Maybe most are good. Maybe 70 or 80% of your decisions are great but you're giving yourself too much leniency, too much slack on 20, 25% of your decisions. And that's kind of holding you back from that, that end goal. And boy, if it doesn't fucking worry me, motivate me, concern me that we sit here next year on four, six of 23, April 6th of 23. And I, Maybe I don't make, and there's a probably a damn good chance I don't make the semifinals because of how elite of a goal this is. But boy, it would suck if I was sitting here having not made it, saying to myself, fuck, man. You know, I only really did 60 or 70% of what I could have done. I didn't, I didn't max out my potential really even close to what I could have. And what if I did? Would I be in semifinals? Would I be moving on to the next stage? Would I have been higher on the leaderboard? 
and that's superficial as fuck, right? No one gives a fuck about CrossFit. It's not that serious. It's it's just a sport shooting for the stars. I might I might still fall and land on the clouds, right? And be still mostly more fit than everybody else. But it's not about that. It's about did you maximize your potential and do what you said you wanted to do? If you have a fucking goal, but you're not doing everything you can to reach it, what's the point? What are you doing? Every decision matters and takes you one way or the other. And there are no decisions in the middle. There is nothing where you decide, oh, I'll do this and I won't really suffer or get better from it. Because if you do stay in the middle in a vacuum on that single decision, it goes right back to, but you're competing against other people. Somebody else got better, which means you got worse by staying the same. These are the thoughts that go through my head. This is the kind of shit that runs through my brain 24-7. And I don't know if it's nature or nurture. That's probably a whole other podcast. I don't know if, if this is built into me by my experiences and life choices or if this was born into me, the way I think and the way I go about things and that competitiveness and that fierceness to be great. But I wish everybody felt this way. And it's clear that a lot of people don't. And it's the only thing that makes sense. You don't leave it up to luck. You go take that shit. Make the right decisions today so you can be great tomorrow. Hope you guys enjoyed this one. We'll talk next week. Peace.